1: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado.
2: The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range.
0: Where else is history? Still in a make. The NBA,
1: only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio for the midweek edition. This is Derek Siapala managing editor for Rams Talk alongside the big man Norm Hightower. Ready to talk some Rams football for you again this week? Norm, how are you doing today?
3: Doing good. How are you?
1: It's a wonderful day full of joy and cheer, especially with the Rams being three and one. Um, you were just mentioning something just to kind of get started here.
3: How's it been like watching the
1: Rams get praised on ESPN?
3: Yeah, we talked about that in our last podcast. Um, it's about time some people started coming around. There, this is obviously a different three and one team than last year's three and one team, and some of the TV people and radio people and former coaches and players are all starting to say, "Hey, these these Rams are legit." Well,
1: it's, it's a little weird. I can go back all these years to, you know, win the Rams. Know, got underway for the greatest show on turf season. you didn't hear, hear much about the Rams at all, even when they were, you know, 6-0, going to play the Lions in 1999. And it almost felt like a dream, because to me, they were ignored a lot. Now, here these Rams are in 2017, and 3-1, fun to watch, just like that old greatest show on turf team was. And they're getting all kinds of coverage. And it really has me thinking, you know, why? Well, I think we know why they're in L.A. It's the media area. But I think also, I think a lot you know, I think it's
3: been a long time coming for this team to actually do something and it's getting noticed. This will kind of go towards towards one of our questions on Rams Talk Facebook page. Don Kampula asked or or stated, the Rams feel real to me right now. How big was that win in Dallas? And I (laughs) – I think the media has shown how big that win in Dallas was for the media attention. You know, to go into Dallas, first of all, they were on an eight-game winning streak at home. And for the Rams to go in there and beat them on their home turf, uh, I think I think that was huge. And I think that's, that's why they're getting the attention that they're getting now. Yeah, I think so. I
1: think questions coming into the Dallas game was, you know, is this team for real? Is this team, you know, as good as... They seem to look at, look like, you know, they, they scored 42 on San Francisco, sorry, 41. Um they put 46 up on the Colts. Those are not very good football teams. The Redskins, they, they lose 27-20, and you find out the Redskins are a little better than they, than we thought they were. And so, you, you really don't know, coming into this game, what this team is really made of. And then they fell behind 24-13. And they just claw their way, you know, to a win in the end. Yeah, and this says a lot about this team's character, the growth. And this is, to me, it's just growth we didn't see from the Rams under Jeff Fisher. We saw competitive football. We saw um, we saw individual spurts of, of goodness once in a while, certain players. But in terms of a team showing resilience on the road against a playoff team, against a team that you have a long-standing franchise history with, I think that, that you know tells you why the media is finally
3: jumping on board with this team. Sure. Well and you gotta look at you know, you gotta look at the stats too. Well yeah, the first of the NFL in scoring. You know, the top
1: five in the whole offensive total yards, I mean, that, that's great stuff to have and that's exciting football. All you really need to in my view to besides winning in LA, if you can't win right away,
3: at least be fun to watch. And this team's fun to watch. Well sure, and, and you know, look at Jared Goff as an example, starting off the season as a starter. Uh, he's got seven touchdowns, one interception. He's already over a thousand yards with a thousand seventy two with a quarterback rating of one twelve point two. <laughs> Not bad. When's the last time we saw a quarterback put up those kind of numbers? For a it, yep, that's the last time. You know,
1: it also helps. He's got Todd Grove in there, and this leads us to a question we saw on the today from their, uh, um, the Rams writer Alden Gonzalez, and that is, is tall girl is going to be able to maintain this workload that he has throughout the year? Is he going to be able to, you know, keep catching in seven balls games? keep running for over 100 yards, 23 carries, 25 carries, 26 carries. Um, that's one question that he was at, um, He was asking, and, and my response to be is, I don't think he really needs to. It doesn't, doesn't seem like he would need to when you have so many weapons on this offense. He's a cog in the offense. He's a catalyst for this offense. But, you know what, I can go back to, to days when Marshall Falk was doing the same thing in the Rams offense, and you know what, they still spread the ball around to Oz Hakeem, to Torrey Hall, to Isaac Bruce, and Marshall Falk didn't wear down. He got hurt as he got older, but he didn't wear down. I don't know that that's a question that really even matters.
3: Well, and look at the shape that Todd Gurley's in physically. I mean, I think that makes a big difference, and... You know, I'm sure that Coach McVay and and Gurley will have open communication with each other about, you know, I need a break, Coach, or or whatever. But the team has so many weapons on it right now. I don't think he's going to see that kind of workload all the time and probably end up being, you know, a lot like Tavon Austin, where he ends up being a decoy a lot, um, which is great. So. Look at his stats for Gurley so far this year. He's had 86 carries for 362 yards, a 4.2 average, and four touchdowns. And receiving, he's caught 20 passes for 234 yards, which is an 11.7-yard average and three touchdowns, giving him a total of seven touchdowns on the year. Pretty impressive. It's, It's totally impressive. And
1: the bigger thing for that, too, is you know, he has enough people around him that he won't have to do that every week. He won't have to... You know, continue to work at that pace in my view, and that's a question yes to the side. do you think they really need he really needs to do all that every week out?
3: No, I don't think he needs to do that every week out. You got Sammy Watkins, you got Cooper cup, you got Robert woods um, those three are you know Todd Gurley's leading the team in receptions and yards right now, but that's just going to open it up more for Sammy Watkins, Cooper cup, and Robert woods so I, I think it'll be fine I really don't see an issue with it.
1: Well, and you can't forget Tavon Austin as well. He showed a little bit more of an increased role in the offense in the last, you know, last game, and and so we got to expect him to keep moving in into a more productive place in this Rams offense. That's that's a lot of talent right there. I I don't think many people enter this season realizing how much talent the Rams put together on offense.
3: It's kind of scary. Well, they've definitely put a lot more talent on the field, especially offensively. And they already had the the five first round picks on the defense, you know, in the front seven. Uh, looking at Tavon, he's had 14 carries for 81 yards, a 5.8 5.8 yard average with no touchdowns rushing the ball. Where you've really seen a big difference with him is receiving. He's only had two catches for five yards. I can't imagine that it's going to stay that way. Uh, I really I really don't see it staying that way at all. And then you've got uh, Tyler Higby. You know who start step up a little bit. Gerald Everett's made some some key plays. Uh, even Derek Carrier's come in and, and made some good catches for some first downs. You got Josh Reynolds. I mean, th- there's a lot of talent on this team, and I really don't see them slowing down much offensively. My biggest concern is the defense. You know, facing the Seahawks, they're going to have to put pressure on Russell Wilson. Well, let's talk about
1: that because in the past in the last couple of years, the Rams have.
3: You
2: know,
1: for the most part, have they've had the Seahawks number um, the last game out, notwithstanding. They they did that though mostly in a four three. Now you're, you're kind of in a three four. It it seems as though the off the the offenses right now that against the Rams are facing are able to figure out this three four pretty well. It, it just hasn't it hasn't gelled really. I don't think the defense is gelled. What will the Rams need to do in your view to to make that final move to that reach where they should be potential. Up. There's playmakers on the defense.
3: We know that. So what do they need to do next? They need to stop the run. Uh, they, they've given up 606 yards rushing in the last four games. That's over 150 yards a game. That's not acceptable. Uh, the Rams, running the ball as well as they have, have only put up 454 yards in, in four games. So we've been outrushed by 150 yards. That's not okay. They've got to stop the run. They've got to force Wilson to throw the ball. And when they do that, they've got to put pressure on Wilson because he makes mistakes. He had two interceptions last week against the Colts, so you know he makes mistakes, especially under pressure.
1: Yeah, you get him, you get him running, and he moves. And the Rams have been very good at that against Russell Wilson. They they have there have been games five, six sacks. They 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 have really put the heat to him, and I think that's the key to the game this weekend. I'm not so sure the running game is. Uh, right now, re- uh, the Seahawks are going to rely on running back Eddie Lacy, who to me is probably the most, un- the most underachieving running back to come out of college in the last five, six years, in my view. He's, he's there. They already lost one running back from last week, Carson. So to me, if you can, if you can pressure the Seahawks and, and, and get to Wilson, that offense is there to break down,
3: They like can't get to him. Well, they can get to him. I don't know if they can get him down on the ground, but they definitely need to put pressure on him. They need to contain him and not let him get those long runs on the outside when he gets free. But if you look at what Wilson's done and what the Seattle Seahawks offense has done in the last four games, they haven't been real impressive. The only time they were really impressive was the second half last week against the Colts. So I'm not sure that we have to do a whole lot with them as long as we're stopping the run and putting pressure on Wilson their their offensive line this year isn't as good as it was last year so I really see an opportunity there for us to be able to to get some hits on Wilson and and really make him uncomfortable back there but the only way that's going to happen is if they can stop the run so I think that's the biggest key out of all of it now
1: do you think the Rams will get to him this weekend do you think that's you know, they'll be able to break through because honestly, the pass rush has been okay. It's It's been there here and there since fly this year, but not what we're used to. Really not what we're used to in the last, you know, for the last couple of years. 2016, they took a step back pass rush wise. And now this year, it just hasn't quite been what we'd expect it to be. Will they get there against this hurting Seattle defensive line, offensive line?
3: I think they will if they can stop the run. Again, I, that's the key to everything because if, If they're forcing Wilson to pass more, there's going to be more opportunity to get to him, number one. Number two, Brockers has kind of been impressive the last few games with the pass rush, along with Aaron Donald. I think last week the key against the Cowboys was the way that Wade Phillips kind of switched up the blitzes and started bringing Ogletree in a lot on the blitzes. Because they were able to stop the run in the second half, they were able to blitz more in the second half, which made... A significant difference, and I think that's the key to the Seahawks. Take advantage of their their not so great offensive line, stop the run, and then once once they've got the run under control, hopefully with a the lead, then they can go in there and start putting pressure on Wilson and make him have you know make him have to move around and, and hopefully make him make mistakes.
1: Now, what are the Seahawks need to do against the Sprams defense to win this game?
3: Run the ball. The- well,
1: yeah, I mean in terms of where where, should he, where do you think are the serious holes specifically in this Rams defense right now?
3: Right up the middle, run the ball right up the middle, because Ogletree hasn't been able to shed a block for the life of him, and and neither has Mark Barron really. And I watched a lot of the film last week, and when they were having success against uh, the Rams on you know was on on the running plays was when they ran it right up the middle, and got a blocker out on our linebackers quickly. And that's the disadvantage of having smaller linebackers or hybrid linebackers, so to speak, is that they're not big enough and strong enough to really shed some blocks. And so once the offensive line gets their hands on them, now we're depending on our safeties to make the tackle. And, you know, of course, we were missing LaMarcus Joyner last week. Even though Cody Davis, a serviceable replacement, he's still, he's still not LaMarcus Joyner. So the way that they beat the Rams is by establishing the run up the middle. And once they do that, the Rams are going to have to start creeping in on on the run, and it'll open it up in the play game or the passing game, and that's when Wilson will take over. So that's what they have to do to succeed. I think Wade Phillips knows that and is going to do what he can to make that not be able to happen. Well, I'm
1: going to make a, I'm going to make a prediction right here, and right now. I'm going to make a serious prediction. I'm going to predict the Rams hold the Seahawks to less than 24 points. Yeah. I believe that, that we're going to see some improvement there. I think the second half of that game in Dallas was a big, big booster for that defense. I think that they're going to come in this weekend and be more prepared, and it wouldn't even shock shocking if they held them to less than 20. I really think that. I think, you know, Wade Phillips is too good of a defensive coordinator to um, helm a defense that's been this bad for very long. He's going to figure it out, and the Rams do have personnel, though. they have people who can make plays throughout the lineup. It's just question of them actually making the plays. You know, one of the one of the questions I heard um, about last week is, you know, is, is how many adjustments did the Rams make at halftime? And uh, I actually was listening to the, the the Fearsome Twosome podcast, which I'm gonna be honest is my favorite. Um, but they talked about that very same thing as, as the adjustments. And Gary Klein from the LA Times made the point that, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time at halftime to make adjustments. So a lot of that you know, to me, and, and this is what he was saying as well, this comes from you actually stepping up and making plays that you weren't making to begin with. And I think we saw a lot of that in the second half of the Rams. I think they, they actually were where they are supposed to be. They were making plays they were supposed to make. And we saw some of the potential of how good they can be when they're, when they're on their game. And I'm, I'm predicting that right now. The Seahawks, the Rams are going to, this Rams defense is going to show up this weekend against Seattle.
3: Well, your prediction isn't as bold as you might think because They've been averaging 25 points a game. So, okay, fine. I'm gonna go even <laughs> better. I'm gonna say, that, well,
1: I'm just thinking in the last two games they gave up 30 and 39. Okay, and this Seattle team, to me, in my in my opinion, is more talented than the Cowboys and you know the 49ers, obviously. But the problem with Seattle right now is they're not playing. With, they're not playing up to the talent. They haven't been for like the last two years, really. You know, this this to me is a team that should be a Super Bowl contender, and they just don't seem right and they haven't
3: am i wrong on this they haven't seemed right for a couple years no i I agree they they haven't been playing up to their potential and a lot of it's had to do with uh with injuries and and their offensive line being different but you know last week they put up 46 points but that was against the colts that's not saying a whole lot uh against the titans they put up 27 but the two weeks prior to that they only put up 12 and nine So, you know, they've scored more in the last two weeks than they have been against, you know, one good team and one not-so-good team. So, you know, if the Rams can hold the Seahawks to 25 points or under, they should win because the Rams have been averaging over 30 points a game. And if they continue to do what they're doing, I think they can outscore the Seahawks regardless of what the defense does. But I think that Phillips figured something out with Ogletree and Barron last week, and that is – if he's blitzing them and not making the blitz as obvious, whether it's on a pass play or a run play, at least they're they're not so predictable of where they're going to be for the offensive line to come out and block them. And our secondary was doing a good enough job covering that they could afford to blitz one or both of those guys. And so that's where I think a lot of the difference came in. I spent probably three and a half hours the other night watching the second half of the game. And that's what I noticed a lot more was that Ogletree was blitzing a lot more and was shifting where he was blitzing from. So I think making that center unpredictable while our corners were able to cover is what made the difference. Also, I think the offensive line of the Cowboys got worn down last week, having to block Brockers and Aaron Donald. And I think you were starting to see – That line get tired towards the end of the game, so I think you'll probably see the same thing this week against the Seahawks. I think you'll see them score early, and then it's going to slow down a little bit. That's kind of that's kind of what I'll predict on that. I don't know if I want to predict points until the end, but I I see them having a better offensive half in the first half than they do in the second half, because I think Wade Phillips will do the same thing over again. He'll he'll come in with a package that he thinks is going to work he'll He'll put it in play, and if it's not working, he'll make adjustments and fix it. I just don't think, contrary to what you just said, I think the Cowboys offense is better than the Seahawks offense, so I think that they'll be able to hold Seattle to less points, and it's at home, hopefully, the home crowd shows up, so you combine all those things together, and I think it definitely gives the Rams offense an advantage
1: well i mean i i I was talking overall,
3: too you know. I felt, you know,
1: talent-wise across the board, across the roster, I feel like Seattle's better. Um, offensively, now, now that you're you're running back down, your left tackle's down, you know, to me that tells me that the offenses are the Dallas. Dallas is better there. I still think Seattle's dangerous. <coughs> oh yeah. It's dangerous across the board. And so I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go ahead and predict it. I, I'm not usually one to predict games. Um, I usually but I'm I'm gonna go bold here. I'm I'm going with the Rams to win 24-17. Uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Uh, I think the Rams' offense will do more than it share. Once again, I think the Rams' defense will come up and finally start solidifying and, and setting the standard for the rest of the season. That's the story. I'm sticking to it.
3: I'll be. I'm going to be a little similar to that. I'm going to say it's going to be 31-24 Rams. I think Seattle's defense might be a little better than Dallas's. Obviously, so I don't think they're going to put 35 up. I think they can put 31 up, and I think you're they'll be able to hold them to 24 points. So that's why I'm going with that 31-24 Rams by a touchdown.
1: All right, just for the just for the uh, fancy prediction stake, just just to kind of you know see what you say.
3: How does Gurley do this game? I don't know that Gurley will get 100 yards rushing, but I think he'll get 150 yards in total offense and get at least one touchdown. Sammy Watkins? I think you're going to see Sammy Watkins go for over 100 and get a touchdown, and I think you're going to see Cooper Cup with about seven receptions in this game.
1: I, I find it interesting. I think we're, that's what we're going to see, actually. I'm not actually in agreement. I think we're going to see, you know, Watkins having one cat 17 yards last weekend. Um, you can't forget he's still part of his offense, and he's eventually going to break through uh, with him, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup back there. You know, that's a nice receiving core to, to challenge the Seattle secondary. So I'm thinking we're going to see some movement there with, especially with Walkins. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bus signing. I'm, I'm going to go 80 yard receiving, just catches, maybe a touchdown.
3: Well, and then All right. don't forget we got Mike Thomas coming back this week too, who, who in our eyes hasn't been that impressive, you know, throughout last year. However, Sean McVay seems to speak very highly of him and, and is excited to bring him back and is going to keep seven receivers on the team. So it's obvious that he's going to make him part of the the game plan. So, do you think we'll see much of him? No, I don't. We may see him a couple of times.
1: You know, honestly, I'm more interested in seeing I, I Josh Reynolds. I'm just I really want to see him. What I want to see what he can do. I think the Rams may have something in him, and I'm just waiting to see how the Rams use him throughout the rest of the season. So uh, that's, what I'm, that's who I'm really keeping an eye on, just waiting to see how they use him.
3: Well, he didn't get any credit for it, but he laid a guy out on that Todd Gurley reception for 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, as they show the replay on it, you'll see a Rams player level uh, one of the defensive backs, and that was that was him. I think he's definitely earning more playing time on the team. And I think if they get closer to the end zone, he may be a better option than, you know, like Tavon Austin at receiver. Now, if they use him as a running back and, you know, whatever, that's different. But I think, you know, you put Josh Reynolds in as a receiver at the end zone, you got the height, a guy who's going to win more 50-50 balls. So I could see him definitely making a difference there. All
1: right. Now, before we, we uh, we sign off for the, for the uh, rest of the week here, one more thing I want to bring to you. Two more things. A, Norm, we're a quarter of the way through the year. I want you to go ahead and give a report card. Think about that for a moment. A report card on where you think this team is and what you think the, the, the peak and the peak this team can reach is for the rest of the year. Okay. Think about that for one second. While he's thinking about it, what I want to present to you here at Rams Talk, we are always looking for sponsors. If you're interested in sponsoring us for the podcast, having your business put out there, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can reach us through the Facebook page, just hit a message and, and talk to us, or you can contact us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We are glad to do business with you. We're glad to help put your business out there. And, again, if you're interested in sponsoring us, let us know. You can reach us on Facebook, hit the message button, talk to us, or you can reach us at talk 1945 at gmail.com. All right, Norm, grade the Rams, first four games.
3: I think you have to give them an A for sure. Uh, The the win at Dallas really solidified that in my eyes. And also seeing the Redskins play the Chiefs, which the Chiefs look really good, and watching them play them all the way down to where it almost went into overtime, uh, it shows how, how good the Redskins team is. And with the Rams only losing to them by a touchdown, that helps me out a lot. And the fact that you know we're we're leading the NFL right now in scoring, under this new Sean McVay system, uh, and, and having three wins, I think you have to give them an A at this point. And I think looking at the next four games, you have to wonder. I mean, they play the Seahawks next, and you know that's always a tough game. If the Rams come out of that and go four and one, their next game is at the Jaguars, which they're. A better team than they have been, but still beatable. The Cardinals, which earlier in the year I, I would have said, I don't know that they, they can beat the Cardinals, but after watching the Cardinals play, uh, I'm going to change my view on that. And the next game is at the, at the Giants, who's been atrocious so far. So they have a good shot at going 3-1 and or 4-0 and in this next quarter. And I never – expected to say that but that's kind of where i'm looking right now so i could really see them at the end of week nine because they have their bye week at week eight i could really see them at week nine being six and two or seven and one and i think we'd all be thrilled with that Thrilled is, is an <laughs> um, i'm
1: gonna go i'm gonna grade them right now at uh, i you're not gonna like i'm, I'm gonna go to B. Okay. The offense has been outstanding. It has shown some signs of not being able to finish drives, especially against no the Cowboys. Um the defense has had its moments, they've had a couple bad halves. I mean, to me a B is still good considering where where they're coming from. You know, where last year was pretty much it just given you're gonna have a D or an F. So a B, a strong B um pointing towards an A, if, as we see that defense getting better, as we see them kind of fine tune the offense get better in the red zone. I think that'll change. Right now, I'm gonna be solid B, and I'm I'm also gonna be a little bit more cautious when it comes to the next four games. The Jaguars are an improved team. The Cardinals are still dangerous. They're getting older. Um, some things are out of sync there. Carson Palmer is probably the main reason for that. And, and I gotta be honest, the Giants are 0 4. They haven't been very good. But that 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 roster is loaded with talent. There's a lot of talent on that Giants roster. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them turn their season around. So, you know, they, they, I think you're right. The Rams could, could wind up being 6-2, and 7-1 coming out of that stretch. But on the same token, it, it wouldn't shock me to see them at 5-3 and three or, heaven forbid, 4-4. Four and four. Not because the Rams are going to get that much worse, but because these teams they're facing are dangerous. So I'm going to be a little bit more cautious than you are. Um to me it could really be anywhere. They could be four and four to seven and one. You never know at this point.
3: Yeah, I'm guessing they're gonna be six and two uh by the end of week nine. Um, oh, I hope you're right. That's my story and I'm sticking to it as you say. <laughs> I hope you're right. And and
1: and that'll be great. I think Harmy is kinda of wishing to buy would come now so the Rams can get a week off to really work on that defense. But if they can go to the buy, you know, at, you know, a good mark, I, I'll I'll take it. If we have to wait a little bit and it gets that buy and they're 7-1, 6-2, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. And I think any Rams fan at this point would take it. Again, just, just for those of you in LA who are just, who are just kind of getting attached to the team a little bit, the Rams haven't had a winning season since 2003. That was the year they won the NFC West. They lost to the Carolina Panthers in overtime, 29-23. Horrible memory. You know, that was the year of but I believe that, wasn't that the year the wardrobe malfunction in the I, Super Bowl? I think so. Uh, yeah, so, you know, just bad memories all around. Um, it's been that long, folks. It's been 14 years since we've seen this Rams uh, team finish with a winning season. So it looks like they're on the path for that to finally happen. And I think many of us who have been following this team for a while will definitely go out and enjoy a beer. Um, just, just if they see this team win again.
3: Well, that's why that's why you're cautiously optimistic, I, and and so is anybody else that's been on TV. It's like they they throw an asterisk up there because the Rams were three and one last year, and then they only won one game the rest of the season. Uh, so that memory is definitely there. But you know, I, I see huge improvements with this team from this year to last year. So I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic as well, but. I'm not quite as cautious as you are at this point. Until until they show me that they're not as good as they are, I'm going to continue to believe that they are as good as they look.
1: Well, I'm going to – but, you know, it's not that I'm cautious because of the talent. I mean, you can look back at last year's offense, and a lot of those same players are there still. You know, Todd Gurley, you know. Okay, really, not really. It's a whole new offense. But the potential was there. Todd Gurley was there. Jerry Goff was there. You know, they had some playmakers on the offense, including Tavon Austin. Okay? If this team last year just averaged 23 points a game, 23 points a game, they'd probably win the division. They probably do. You know, the, the reason why the defense struggled down the stretch wasn't because they were a bad defense. They struggled mainly because they were on the field too much. They were tired. Sure. That was, that was a defense that was worn out. If they just averaged 23 points a game last year, they won the division. And I look at this offense they have now, and I think, man, what if they had this offense last year? You know, so it's not that big of a stretch just to show that there was potential in the last couple of years. We need to be honest and and just say, you know, Jeff Fisher really blew this. He really blew it. And he may have started well in 2012 and 2013 and stabilized in the club, but he didn't he, – he was unable to adapt to the changing times of the NFL offenses. He was unable – to bring in the right people to coach up his offenses, to be creative, and he was just stuck in the 1980s, run down your throat, start the middle mode, and look what happened. This team should have been been playing winning football three years ago. They've had a defensive talent to do that for, for as long as that. I mean, we've talked about this. It angers me to see how many years have been, have been wasted from Robert Quinn's career, for example, and how many were, were wasted off of Chris Law's career. When they've had pieces for a while,
3: and Laurenitis, and you know, mm-hmm. you can go on and on and on.
1: You wasted these guys' careers.
3: I agree. I, you know, last year they were running a kindergarten offense out there with with you know decent players. They they obviously weren't as talented player wise or or as skilled player wise as they are now. But when you have a system in there that, you know, anybody in in junior high school could draw up the playbook for. It's it you know that's obviously a huge problem, and and I agree with you 100% on the fact that because of that the defensive the defensive squad was on the team you know on the field too long, and they got tired they got injured they were beat up, and that's not their problem this year. Uh, the, you know with the offense going out and scoring the defense is getting a lot more rest, so that's why I expect the the defense to get better as the season goes on as they get more comfortable with the three four and with Wade Phillips' system, and, you know, if the Rams continue to score the ball the way they have been, the defense will stay healthier longer. I really see that as being one of the major differences this year is the fact that down the stretch, I think our defense will be a lot healthier and a lot stronger than they were, you know, in the last 10 years. Okay. Well, that really kind of ends the show again.
1: Um, Just to recap real quick. Um, predicted the Rams to win 24-17. Norm is along the same path, a little bit higher scoring game for him, 31-24. He's calling for 150 yards, total yards for um, Todd Gurley. 100 yards, 100 yards and a touchdown for the man, the myth, the legend, say, Watkins. I'm um, going with uh, about 100 yards, full yards with, with, for Mr. Gurley. I think it will be a little bit slowed down this weekend. And 80 yards and a touchdown for Mr. Watkins. So, for Norm. This is Derek C. Paul here at Rams Talk Radio. We'll
3: see you Sunday. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday,
4: June 6th, only on Showtime.
2: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better.